Hey guys, welcome to the Google Podcast. I am your host, Rob Watson, and I've got an amazing episode lined up for you guys today. It's with financier Mira Megs Lafop, and we take a real deep dive into our relationship with money and how we can transform our beliefs around it and live a more abundant life. Now, Mira is definitely speaking from experience, has got so much wisdom on the subject from spending her time at Morgan Stanley, where she spent over 10 years. She's also become a certified money coach since then, and has also played a significant role in developing Capital One's Cafe's money coaching program. So she's definitely invested a significant amount of her life in helping people to manage the capital. But our conversation goes way beyond personal finances, as Mira shares how we can align ourselves with our higher selves and begin tapping into the powerful regenerative emerging ideas that are appearing all over the globe so we can begin to play our part in this new economy. I for one was thrilled to have this conversation and I'm delighted to share this with you as money plays such a crucial role in our lives. You know, so the more knowledge and understanding we can absorb around this and particularly from people around Mira who are living and breathing this stuff, then the better chance we've got of creating a more fulfilling and rich lives. So before we delve into this episode, talking about money, I just want to say how grateful I am for everyone who supported me so far on my Patreon page. It's only something that I've recently set up, but I'm really grateful for it. And if you're listening to this now and you're getting value from this episode and you feel like also becoming a member, then I'd be really grateful for that. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes. So anyway, let's move into today's episode. So yeah, Mary, it's an absolute pleasure to speak with you. And this is what I love about being able to do this is the fact that you're in New York City right now. Is that right? Yes, in the heart of New York City. And I'm a few thousand miles away just outside Liverpool. So that's the great thing with the way we're living now that we can connect like this. And it doesn't have to be the fact that like, I don't have to jump on a plane or wouldn't even, wouldn't even know each other without the internet. So um, yeah. I know. I'm so thankful for that too. And thank you for just drawing attention to like the access we have to each other. And that it, it is amazing that we don't, we haven't even, like you said, met in person yet. There's such a warm and connection and exchange of information strictly from Facebook and the internet and tools that can be taking us away from presence, but it's created this moment. So that is beautiful. Yeah, it's true. And like you say there about Facebook, it's got, it's like, you know, what you could say dark sides to it as well, but that connection that you know even connecting with people that you've not seen in years or just new connections and new inspiring stuff so yeah it's great so I really wanted to have you on because when I've been following your sort of journey the past few years you seem to have really kind of evolved and done lots of exciting things but particularly around money and finance and um, I suppose you'd like to just wind it back for you and find out you know at what point did you suddenly think you know what well you got into finance and the journey you've gone on and how that's evolved so if you could share some of that would be great Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I must share when I start, when I entered the financial world in 2001, right out of college, uh, I just had a knowing I had just an awareness that I wanted to engage with people around their financial decisions and something around, I, I chose, like it came to me that I wanted to work at Morgan Stanley. And, and even at that time, my parents and friends were like, you know, when you graduate college, you know, why don't you apply to a lot of different places and, you know, reach high, have some things that are more comfortable, like, you know, have a diverse set of possibilities. And for whatever reason, this has only happened like two or three times in my life where I just knew 
and had a conviction and it was beyond reason and beyond logic and didn't even really make sense for me, like why I would want to enter that this arena. Uh, but the way it unfolded is I went in for some interviews at Morgan Stanley in San Francisco and I learned that, you know, the space was 95% men um, as a, so it's a very male dominated um, company, but also just the whole financial industry. And I also learned, and they told me this on the first interview, that there's a 98% turnover, which means 98% of the people that start there will not be there a year later. They will get fired. They will be let go. They will not be able to fulfill on the criteria to maintain your job, basically. And I think, you know, I'm always up for a challenge and something around entering a space that kind of was defying the odds really energized me. Um, and, and I think what made it really possible and fun for me is I wasn't, and this I think was just given to me by grace. I wasn't attached to an outcome. Like I have to be here for a year. This needs to be my employer for 10 years. But I was just really up for the challenge of finding out what was really going on inside of this space. Like, like, why is it all men? Like, I was curious, like, why is there such a high turnover? Like, what, what is it that's being asked of us? That's so challenging that this is such an aggressive kind of intense atmosphere. Um, so I took that on and was actually with Morgan Stanley for eight years, almost nine years, and um, was able to grow a you know holistic, uh, exp really expansive business um, and really serving clients around their around their relationship to money. Of course, that role was really focused on supporting them with their investment decisions and creating portfolios for them and doing financial planning. Um, but what I think is just so neat about it is that nothing's ever what it seems like I didn't choose to agree that it was going to be this hard thing or that it needed to look a certain way. And I think I was really given the opportunity to be myself inside of an environment that was like screaming to fit into a certain mold. And, um, you know, that was filled with a lot of challenges, but what I discovered was like every turn when I just stayed committed, but not attached to any outcome or how it would look, the support, the angel, the insight, the business partner, whatever was needed would show up. And I really got, you know, I think there's those quotes out there that are like, when we commit ourselves to something like divine providence shows up and things that would have never crossed our path appear by virtue of us just committing, that it's actually an act of creation. Um, and much of what I'm sharing with you, Rob, I can say so clearly in hindsight, like looking back. Um, but I really was, that was really what I was experiencing is that the beginning of that, we are creators of our lives and we can create that in any environment, regardless of what the appear, apparent rules or parameters or frameworks are of the space already, like historically. That's really refreshing to hear because you know, you would have got into it. Um, well, there was a big crash, wasn't there, just after about 9-11? Yes. Know, around that yeah. time? Yes, that was right during it, right when I was starting, that was happening. And more, we were really affected, and obviously in our the New York offices were in the Twin Towers. So that was a big part of the experience. Yeah. Well, and then obviously moving forward with the banking crash, was it like, was it 06, 07, around that time when, yes. you know, the whole kind of, world financial system shook yes all the bailouts there was all the mortgage kind of refund kind of revelation kind of the curtain being dropped of what was going on with some of the creation of some of those products and and really though from being on the inside being inside a, a brokerage firm 
it felt like there was things like that happening all, all the time. Not not necessarily um, negative things being revealed, but there was constantly a next wave of of challenge. And whether it was happening globally in the markets or the way we were transitioning, how we worked with clients, or you know, lots of things were coming out around the transparency of fees, like inside of mutual funds and inside of and, and there was a whole transformation from transactional um, advising to fee-based and really being on the same side of the table as your client. So I got, that was probably the most exciting arc I got to live through was seeing the industry move from being a brokerage transaction fee for trade to an advisor, perhaps charging a percent, 1% of the assets they're managing and actually being in a much deeper holistic guidance relationship with their clients. And then now we've seen that move to whole new places and there's all sorts of really beautiful relational ways to work with people around your investments. But that was really a turning point during that period. It was like kind of brand, a brand new way of thinking. <laughs> well, so do you think many banks have made the shift? Because I remember like watching, like obviously you had the Occupy Wall Street movement and that can't certainly seem to like shine a light on poor banking institutions and fractional reserve banking and how it's, you know, it's well when you really delved into it it was like whoa this is what is this the world we live in is this the way money is created yes um, i know yep i know so well kind of like we we're chatting rob a little before the show like i've i've put all my energies towards seeing who where the opportunities are so as far as banking even and investments like there are so many firms and banks popping up that are offering all clean energy investments, fossil-free funds. Um, I've done a ton of research and I have a lot um, that I share around like what is conscious banking. Um, and as we know, like Chase Bank, for example, is number one on the list for the amount of billions of dollars they invest in fossil fuels. Um, you know, and there's the 30 year fossil fuel plan and all of that. And I, I share it on my website. I share a story. Um, it's like a 12 minute talk around my journey of really recognizing things in my life that weren't okay with me. And what I got to this last year was like, I, I had some people share with me, you know, the, the financials of Chase Bank and Wells Fargo and Bank of America and a few others. And I, when I saw the numbers of how much they're investing in fossil fuels and the impact that's having on our planet and directly impacting climate change and climate crises in many areas, um, I went through a process of deciding to move my money out of Chase Bank. I just had a small checking account there. And so what really showed up for me there, Rob, is I didn't think it mattered. Like I didn't think it mattered that I had a couple thousand dollars in an account because it's billions of dollars we're talking about. Why does my two, my $2,000 matter? And I really looked at like, why was I keeping it there when I had this knowledge of this information? And it was because of convenience. It was like, it was convenient to have, I have all my auto pay set up. I can go into a Chase bank. They're on every corner in New York. I know what the customer service is going to be like, you know, I'm just have had stuff set up there for a long time. There's like a longstanding relationship. And once I stood in the place of a future that I want to be in, which is one where there are no banks and there are no people investing in fossil fuels or anything that's harming each other or the planet, I, I, I then started the journey of doing whatever it would take to move my, my money. Um, so I went in to Chase Bank and I videoed it um, and I went in and I broke up with my bank. And I shared with them in love and peace and fun. We took photos. We were all smiling. 
and I, I didn't share any judgment or anything. I just shared the information as to why I was closing my accounts. And I had a handful of other people with me and model activists who were closing their accounts. And, you know, they, it was in educational for everyone inside of Chase. They didn't really realize or know, and they appreciated the decision we were making and they wanted to know more about it. Um, so I've really discovered that there's a real conscious way to end relationships with banks or financial institutes that aren't in alignment with ourselves and take the um, time to invest in finding an aligned partnership, whether it's a bank or an investment or an investment advisor. Um, and so having gone through that journey, I really discovered how much shifts shifted in my life by making that choice. So by just by moving those $2,000, it opened up so much space in my life for new financial opportunities, new business partnerships. I felt like much clearer and confident in my own skin. Like, and, and I didn't even realize it was bothering me to have the money there. It wasn't in my field of awareness. But once I acted on it and took that action, the universe like heard my choice and felt my values and saw what was important to me. And so more of that then had space to come into my life because I was being an active participant in resolving that. And so I share all that kind of in response to actually what you're saying is that like, that's, that's the conversation. I, I, I feel there's so much that's gone on that's not working and so much in the past we can look at, but um, I'm choosing as my aligned investment in, in conversations and in spaces I'm standing in to, to share what I'm discovering and to share what pe people in the, our communities and my clients that are discovering and, and may that ripple out and inspire others to come bring their energy and choices into that space. That sounds amazing. And it's, it's so true, isn't it? When you, um, when you make the changes yourself, it does ripple out. And I think it, we can all think, well, what does little old me, what can I make a difference? Right. But actually it does because we're charting a different course. We're setting an intention yes. and we're opening a new path forward. And the more of us that can follow in that path and inspire others, then yeah, yes. that's, um, that's really interesting to, to hear that. I did something similar a few years ago and just, I think it was around, was it the Standing Rock? Um, yes. Protests? There was a big thing then as well. And often these things come up, like different things pop up for us an opportunity to then choose. Are yes. we, do we want to support this? Because actually we can make a choice against, mm -hmm. if we don't believe in that and we, we hold ourselves to higher values, there is options for us. We don't have to wait, say, in your country every four years to make a vote for something, like thinking that's only where your power is. Right. Our powers is, is in each moment and each day of right. making those choices, whether where we spend our money, where we invest our bank, right. where we get our energy provider from, yes. all that sort of stuff. It all, it all adds up. It does. Yes, it all adds up. It all matters. It's literally, it matters. It's in physical matter. It's in form. It literally shifts our life and the people's around us. It's, it's completely. And, and the other piece, Rob, that really brings power to that is it's, it's really a reclamation of power because if, if I believe something so true, like if I'm attending marches around women's rights and if I'm, you know, uh, speaking about it, but I have my money invested in a way that is not in alignment with that or is creating harm towards women, or if I'm not supporting women-led businesses with my investments or spending choices, there's a part of me that I'm not in integrity with myself and, and not integrity in a way that's moral. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person or that anything's good or bad around that. It's just that my energy is not integrated. It's not integral. Like I'm not being what's true for me. Um, 
and that's a life journey. And I, I would go so far to say we're all, we are, we're all not in full integrity because that's something we're constantly discovering and aligning. But what was so significant around my choice to align my banking money with my values, my beliefs, my soul, like my vision for the future is that it brought me one more click into my own integrity. And when we're in integrity, then we believe in ourselves. We have trust in our relationship with ourselves. It's actually like an act of self-love. It's an act of love for others to like be who we say we are and act on it. That, that action, that in motion, that energy opens up something so profound that then we, we then trust ourselves that we can have access to the next level of whatever it is we're looking for in our life, love or abundance or financial responsibility or connection. But we actually block it out of our lives when we're out of integrity because that needs to click into place first before we have the capacity or the space to, to engage with the next level of our lives. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And that's really beautifully put. And it's <laughs> great to hear it from someone, particularly from yourself, who's so involved in the financial system and to see how, well, yeah, if you can validate that side of things from being there and there, then yeah, hopefully yeah. that's it. It gives it even more weight for people to yes. make the shift themselves. So yes. you said you did seven, eight years at Morgan Stanley. So we're, how's, So what's the last 10 years or so look like for you? Yeah. So next I continued on and I designed a role as a money coach inside of Merrill Lynch. And I engaged with clients much more deeply around their relationship to money. Uh, and then I, I proceeded on and I launched Financier, my brand, and really began coaching people. And I became a certified money coach. And I really got that it, this was really about our relationship to money and our beliefs and our emotions and the patterns. And that there is no amount of financial planning or financial advice that would be of service to someone if they didn't have the opportunity to pause and look at the deeper rooted beliefs and patterns they have going on inside themselves and in their family systems and what they've inherited from their families. Um, Cause you know, as we know, our beliefs drive everything, our conscious and unconscious beliefs are, are running the show. Um, so I jumped in and swam in those deeper waters, um, coaching and speaking and developing workshops. And um, I attended graduate school at CIIS in San Francisco, and that was a deep dive of four years of um, deep interpersonal work for myself, and then really um, harvesting a lot of skills and tools to really bring into my way of being with, with people and clients and groups. And I think the most exciting um, part of this last 10 years has been the last four years, uh, where about four years ago, I uh, shared with uh, Capital One who you know, started out as a credit card company and now they're a bank and they have what, what are called Capital One Cafes and they're all around the country. Um, they've partnered with Pete's Coffee and it's kind of a hip space to, you know, to have for your bank. It's like a co-working space meets coffee shop meets bank um, full of just like iPads and really friendly people and coffee. <laughs> um, and I shared with them that, you know, money coaching is a thing. I'm a money coach. I know you've never heard of it, but wouldn't it be amazing if we offered people, if we offered the community a place to come and explore their relationship with money in person in a way that created just total transformation for them, that they were empowered to make the right financial decisions from themselves as a result. And they didn't resonate with it at first. I think they thought it was uh, too forward thinking. Um, but after a few weeks, they got back to me and it was a go. And then a team of us with a handful of designers, uh, we created 
um, what is now called the Money Coaching Program at Capital One. And I, um, I piloted that around the country and in the snowy winters, um, doing research on what this journey is and how people were responding to it. And then for the last three years, it's been an up and running service uh, that is free to anyone. You don't even need to be a Capital One customer. It is free to the public. And um, what I got to tell you, Rob, is so exciting about this is when I was at a financial advisor with Morgan Stanley, you know, this was 10 years before then, I said out loud and uh, kind of like my knowledge earlier I was sharing, like I just knew to work at Morgan Stanley and that was a rare experience. The, there's been three of those moments. This other moment that I just knew is I said out loud that I have a dream, this is why I was at Morgan Stanley, I have a dream that money coaching would be available to all people and that their finances would not be a hindrance to them accessing this, that this would be available to everyone at large and become a normal part of the conversation in the financial industry. And I just like said it out loud sitting in my office, like, and that's the only time in my life I've said like, I have a dream, you know, I was really honoring MLK and just felt that come through. And so to see that that took place and that there were other people weaving the same dream and there's an organization willing to create this and offer this and that it was in, it's indeed available to anyone. There's no blocks to access of it for any financial reasons. Um, and, and then four years later, there's 25 money coaches across the country and we've scaled it as something available in most major markets. And, um, and I spent the last four years being the co-creator with the, with the team and visionary and spokesperson and really spread the word with through PR and media and, you know, gave money coaching to reporters and different people and, and cultivated the team with, with really training them um, to be money coaches and how to really bring money into the conversation in a really authentic and thoughtful way. So that's what I was doing up until about a couple months ago, actually. Wow. Well, that's yeah. amazing to hear that because when people may think about sort of money advice and they may think it's maybe more available to the people who are the real wealthy people or the people who've got a lot to invest in, but to know that you would offer a free, like free, free sessions or whatever to people and that could really help them get to, yeah. and I think, um, I think like you're saying, it's not like, oh, this is what you need to do in terms of money and stuff. It's kind of, as you say, it's getting to your core beliefs, your core values. Because yes. I think a lot of us, particularly growing up, have got, you know, a lot of challenges around money. You know, it really goes into our insecurities and our sense of self-worth. And it depends on, you know, what your childhood's been like or, you know, and we've got all the beliefs that get put about us, don't we? You know, that we hear like, you know, money's not growing on trees and, you know, money's the root of all evil. So if you hold on to that belief that money's the root of all evil, you're not one going to be rich because you'll think if I'm going to be rich, then I'm going to be evil. So where's the, is real disconnect? Exactly. Those are the beliefs. Um, I work with that with people usually in their first session is really identifying, you know, what are all those beliefs you have around money? I'd be curious actually, Rob, if you want to share, has there been a belief that you've recognized that you have around money that you've unpacked or, or even if you want now or at any point during our conversation, I'd love to take you through a mini little three minute unpacking and create some transformation for you. I think that would be cool. Yeah. That was crossing my mind a bit as I was coming up with some things I thinking, you know what, what well, how might, this might turn into be like support for me as well, not just for the, the listeners and stuff. Yes. But, but I think I am, um, 
I've sort of, like I remember going through um, university and college and I kind of was just scraping by and I got myself into a bit of debt where I was just using credit cards and I was, I kind of, I get the bills and I just, I didn't want to know. I just put them straight in the bin because I knew that I had no way to sort of fund them. And the banks were just kind of, it was easy credit. And when you're sort of like 19, 20 years of age, not feeling that responsible, you're like, oh yeah, of course. It was an opportunity to live a bit of a life and stuff. So I end up getting myself into a bit of trouble with money and I defaulted on stuff and you end up getting like a pretty terrible credit score for like a number of years. And then it's taken, it took me a good few years to repair that. But that was a really valuable lesson for me because I kind of had to really lose, didn't have a lot to lose, but uh, it kind of really shook me a little bit. And then when I was growing up, you'd hear stuff like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and you have to work really hard for stuff. So there was this element of maybe, you know, a feeling of scarcity about stuff and not a mindset of abundance and not feeling like if you're in the flow and things can just come to you and you'll always be guided and supported, which is more of my beliefs now. But then even though I will still have them, all things will come up to me at moments. Like I remember when I was younger, I, whenever I put my card in the machine, I never wanted to, to see my balance when I was younger. And even though now most of it's online, but sometimes when I go to the cash machine, even though now I'm not in that place, I still have that thing where, do you want to see your balance? And I'm like, yeah. no, a little yeah. bit, but it's interesting. Yeah. So now I'm just, every time I go there now, I'm saying, yes, I want to see it. I want to see That's it. I want to see it. Um, That's great. Stellar. Yes. So much of it can be, um, but we don't want to see it. And there's like a resistance um, and it's totally natural. It's totally human. Um, but I want to really acknowledge what a significant step that is that you've chosen to take to say yes and look at it because, you know, the closer I get to numbers and really engage, you know, of course, you know, I work with the deep psychology and emotional and real soul aspects of how people are relating to money. But I also engage with people around the very practical numbers, investments, saving goals, financial forecasting, but I do it in a fifth dimensional way. Like, so it's kind of doing it in a, from the future rather than standing here and trying to figure out things because figuring out is just our mind um, rather than being a creator, which is we can create anything we want. We are in infinite possibilities. Um, so when you're sharing that you were saying yes and looking at your numbers, I'd love to just contribute that like you getting clear with just what's the what so, just like what's your current status? Free of any judgment or beliefs, that is a doorway to so much freedom because when we can be with information and something I've learned with numbers, especially like numbers are so magical. I used to be bored with numbers and like, I mean, I was a great student and I was great at calculus and statistics and obviously I work with people and their numbers, but I still had a little bit of an experience of them being kind of flat. But now, and I, I invite you into this or I would invite you to share with me what, what comes up for you after, when you hear me share this. I now look at numbers and I just get totally flat with them. Like, what's so? What, how much money do I have? What have I spent? What's my current balance? What, what's here to, for me to see? And I make no judgment on any spending decisions or if, I, if some debt accrued or if I didn't make an investment or if I see things different than I thought. I look at it in complete neutrality. And then I use that information to really create what I want. Because then I'm also able to create 
what might be seemed, seen in the world as like outrageous goals or, or milestones. But if I don't have a story and narrative around the numbers of my current experience, then I also won't have a story and narrative around the numbers of what I'm looking to create. So I can have numbers, like I can say, I'm gonna generate a million dollars this year in revenue, or I'm gonna grow 500%. And that doesn't have the same narrative of like, oh, who am I? I can't do that, oh my gosh. Because then that's still judgment, whether it's positive or negative. So this practice of getting judgment free and just having it be what's so, there's nothing missing, there's nothing that needs to change, it's just what is right now in this moment is a direct channel to us stepping into a really empowered, be, an empowered creator, being creative. So what, hearing me say that, what, what do you see for yourself? Yeah, that's, um, that's really nice to hear that. But one thing it's interesting you say about numbers, because for instance, if you go to your bank account, generally you want to see it going up. Mm-hmm. If you step on the scales, you want to see it going down. <laughs> so it, it's interesting the way, if yeah. some, we, in our mindset, it's like, if something goes up, it's a positive one mindset, but if it's, you go on the scales and it goes up, then that's a right. negative one. Right. So, but like you say, to have no judgment and almost just to be, to accept and yeah. surrender to mm-hmm. say, well, this is where I am now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and you can always, I've always found that you can actually reframe it. You can always pretty much reframe it. You could go, oh, well, I might not have as much as what I had maybe two months ago or previously. But that's still a significant amount. You know, I can st- I'm still in a good place. Right, um, right. And just being good and trying to cultivate more of an attitude of gratitude for, yes. for what I have in yeah. this moment. Um, but yeah. yeah, I, sorry, go on. Oh yeah. Oh, great. Well, I was just going to add that yet. Yes. To reframing and bringing gratitude, uh, though I would love, I would love to offer you and, and everyone listening and I'm sharing and everything I share, I'm sharing with myself too, because I'm, I'm deeply immersed in this evolving conversation. So I'm always speaking things that are great reminders for me too. Um, but rather than even it being a story when we, you know, it's, it's still in the realm of story. If we look at it and say, well, this is good and it's better than it was before. When we bring good or better or more, it's not so much that we don't want to have a narrative. It's just that that brings the past. And a lot of the frameworks that I share with people that I'm creating right now, I'm channeling a book called Quantum Money. Uh, it's channeling and writing me and I'm allowing and participating and flowing with it. Uh, but when we come from this higher space, it's in the now. So it's, it keeps us in linear time and it keeps us in a bit of striving and survival. If we bring the past in, if we bring in, I want more, if we bring in, oh, this is okay. This is good enough. Any narrative puts us in a narrative and there's nothing, like I said, bad or good about that. It just doesn't give us access to our full power, which is in the now. And so much of what transforms our relationship with money is being in the now and being, being able to be like cleansed of any story we have and free of any anxiety about the future. In the now, we can access everything. In the now, we are in infinite possibilities. In the now, we can use our intention, our, we can attune, we can visualize, we can make requests, we can engage with community. We have access to infinite resources. But anytime we bring narratives or story forming, it just limits the sphere that we're operating in. So my, my whole initiative is to bring people out of narratives and out of stories and into infinite possibility. Because when we're in a narrative or a story, we, we're carrying some of what's in our collective spaces on the planet, but we're carrying some victim consciousness. 
And again, nothing bad about that. It's just, that is what it is. Victim consciousness in the way I'm using it just means we think something's happening to us. We don't recognize our full power. Something from the past is affecting our now. There's some story at play that we might have as an excuse or reason or blame as to why our circumstances are the way they are. But when we can let all that go, which is a practice, and it can even be a daily practice, but when we let all that go, then we're in the now and we can create anything. So it's from that place that someone could create a possibility of having a, ba- a balance they want to see next month in their checking account. But from the but anytime we're like operating in that linear time continuum, bringing information from the past, it creates a lot of struggle and challenge to create. Do you have particular um, techniques then or tools for people to kind of, you know, to be in that moment and to tend to like, you know, cleanse themselves of, yes. of them past stories? Yes, I, I do. And actually, I am I, doing this workshop uh, through Landmark, which is a personal development organization. And I got this framework. They shared this with me and I've just embraced it like magic. And that's any time I notice I'm coming from a disempowered context or there's something in my space that's not in the now, that's not of service, I, I go on a rampage of letting it go. And I just say out loud, I'm letting go of the story I didn't earn enough money this month. I'm letting go of the feeling of anxiety. But I'm really letting it go. Like I'm dropped in, centered, and I'm letting it go with like conscious choice. Knowing if it comes back again, I'll let it go. But I'm owning my power that I can make the choice to let it go. I'm letting go of the belief that everyone around me is earning more income than me. I'm, I'm letting go of the belief that I'm not capable of generating the income I desire. I'm letting go that I'm not good enough. I'm letting go that I don't have enough time. I'm letting go of the belief that it's not possible. And I, until I'm done, until I've let go of everything in my space, because we're operating, what we're creating is based on what's in our space, what's in our energy field. And so it's only from a clear slate that we are truly and genuinely creating from our soul and our heart and our essence and our connection to source or wisdom or God or the, you know, unity, whatever way we look at it. And from that empty place, then we have access to all of it. So after we clear it out, then I create, then I create who I am. Then I create what's possible. Then I create the outcomes from nothing. Wow. And you're saying them out loud. I say it out loud. And it's even better if I can have someone witness me. Yeah. I oftentimes, yeah, I share it with another person and I, and, and I, and it's real. And once you experience that one time, you'll know that how much it works. I imagine, you know, you might, you or anyone listening might find your own way of doing it, but you only have to experience the power of it once and you'll, you'll be hooked. <laughs> And, I think and you're hooked like, on your own power, by the way. It's not the framework. It's not that tool. It's that that just gives us, it's one way. There's many ways, of course, but this is an in-the-moment way that you get access back to your own power, your own sense of who you are, the truth of the matter. And all of that stuff's just stories, beliefs, might be emotions that are very valid, but they're not, they don't need to be in the driver's seat of, like, of who you think you are. Well, I love that saying out loud because like you saying about your earlier times when you were at Morgan Stanley and you wanted, you know, money advice to be available to all, you said out loud. Yeah. And it's not sometimes, it's not just a thought in your head. It's literally like, you know, yes. say it. 
Yes. Say it, you know? It's an act of create. I'm so glad you strung those, those dots together, Rob. Exactly. We are creators and those are act. Those are declaring that I'm a co-creator. We are all co-creators with life, with each other, with the universe. And it's, it, we get to step into that in any moment. And by a saying it out loud, you're so right. That gives, that's the power. Not only is it because you're feeling it go through your whole system and others might hear you, but it's like a declaration, like sound waves literally are going out. I mean, if we want to be metaphysical about it, like you're literally bringing it out. Like we are these powerful vessels bringing energy, insights, ideas into existence. That is the beginning of, a, of manifestation and bringing it into form. And then also the power and writing stuff down as well. And yes. having that, you know, it's all, it all brings it out of sort of like the non-physical to sort yes. of bring it, bring it out yes. there. So. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Um, so you mentioned about your book, uh, is it quantum financial planning? Is that the name of the book? Yes. So the name is morphing a bit as okay. I'm cha channeling it. Um, it started as quantum financial planning um, and the subtitle is aligning all of our currencies uh, towards the new financial paradigm. Uh, but as I've engaged and I've had a lot of powerful ceremonial time with the book and tuning in and really accepting this honor to channel this information, um, quantum money has been what's come through. Uh, that it's just, it's all about money. It's not just the financial planning. It's about getting to know money on a quantum level and really up-leveling our relationship beyond our experience of it through stories and our history and our beliefs and our emotions, but getting to know it in its pure, pure dimensional form. That sounds amazing. And how long, how long until it's, uh, it's out? So I'm working right now with a publisher and the final drafts. So TBD, but it will be out the second half of, of 2020. Amazing. Amazing. And I do invite you though, on my website, something that is encouraging me to facilitate and accelerate the channeling is when people pre-order the book. So on my website, which is financier, as you know, F-I-N-A-N-S-E-E-R, like a seer, uh, I have it on there and you can click um, and enter your name if you want to just be notified when it's available to pre-order. And that's a way that people can actually begin their journey with quantum money. So by simply saying yes, like I want to know when this book is coming out, this doesn't need to be your commitment to ordering it, but by saying yes to quantum money, that literally supports it being channeled and coming and starts your connection with the subject matter. So like it's putting it out there in the interconnection that we all are. So I would welcome and invite anyone who feels connected to learning more to click to be notified and you'll begin your quantum journey. <laughs> I'll be sure to include links to, to your site and stuff. So when um, people can connect with that and how have you found then you said about with the book itself, you've kind of just allowed it to come through. How's that process been for you? Oh my goodness. So, well, I've learned that choosing to write a book is not about the book. It's about becoming the person that wrote the book. So I think I'm going to book writing retreats and I'm going to write all, you know, tons of pages and have all sorts of transmissions and chapters complete. And instead I go through a huge shamanic journey of my own and tune into deep themes and have powerful conversations and synchronicities that are all the content of the book. So I am living my way through it. It isn't um, traditional like I thought it might be where I just spend two hours a day writing and tune into my outline it has become a dimensional active experience that is being written every day through my experience. 
So uh, my challenge has been keeping up with it. Um, so much is coming through and so much is the topic and I'm immediately like transcribing it and using it and engaging with it in my life that keeping up with the format that it wants to be in the third dimension, like in the form it wants to take in a, in a book um, has been just where my only like opportunity lies. That's what's really stretching me and what my beliefs around creativity to know it can be anything. This doesn't need to be a traditional book. This can look, I I'm honoring and have reverence for what this wants to be, what this channeling wants to look like. And so I'm being stretched in that area of just opening myself up so wide that I'm attuned to things beyond my wildest imagination of what it can be. Well, that sounds amazing. I've got some ideas. I have a dream to write a book, but then sometimes you're thinking, um, you know, you think, oh, how am I going to get the time? You know, you, you know, you have the negative stuff coming. Am I yeah. going to put that time out and how's it going to come through? And some people can talk about it being a painful process, but I guess it all depends on which space you're in. And if yeah. you're kind of in the line, there's a guy that I follow, uh, Michael Singer, who's the Surrender Experiment. Oh, yes, yes, I've read that. Yes, and I have some cards of his from, yeah. Doesn't he write The Untethered Soul as well? Yes, yes the yep. soul. Mm -hmm. and some of the stories in there, it's amazing. It's just like, once you surrender to life and like you're talking about, when you make the changes, the shift in the present moment, I think I mentioned before we started recording about Dr. Joe Dispenza and I said, yeah. everything is accessible from this moment. And as yeah. soon as, now it can also be, it's the most beautiful space to be in, but there's so many distractions in our life and so many memories that, we can feel like we're hardly ever there. So the yeah. more things we can do, particularly creative practices, and like if you give your space that time to do that book, then you're allowing that information just to, to come through. Yes, so. absolutely. Yes, and that, that prompts me to share, you know, one of the strongest mantras that I say in my life around, around love and around money and currency is I just say out loud that I am open to giving and receiving resources and money. I am open to giving and receiving love. And, and really, whatever mantra opens us up to that we're giving and receiving, we're, we're creating and we're allowing, you know, you were bringing up the allowing and surrendering. And, and for me, and I think many of us, we're oftentimes stronger in one than the other. Like I have a more natural ability in like putting out and giving, but it's, it takes something more sometimes for me to receive energy, resources, ideas, like it just isn't as natural for me. Uh, so, and some people, you know, could be reversed. And so really stepping into that, there's, there's creating or contributing, but there's also this allowing and this allowing energy can be active. Like we can be active in allowing resources to come in. We can be active in allowing, like you said, ideas or time for this book. And it, it's a, it's a balance. We live in this kind of duality of the two, because I've noticed for me, when I try to just do or create, but there isn't the same energy for the book or for income opportunities or relationships to come through. If I don't have space, that's just allowing space, then I'm out of balance. So finding that balance is one of the, I think, really key things of this transition we're in right now. Because my vision is that any experience we have, we'll have had the experience that we contributed to it and we are contributed from it that we're always in the experience of being a, being a contributor and being contributed to. And if we notice in any moment, we just contributed only fully in a moment, there's just something to maybe look at there. Like, 
oh, why, why didn't I, why wasn't I contributed to? Was I, was I open to it? Was I allowing that? Was the space in alignment for me that it had something, that there was something to give that I would receive? And vice versa, if we're noticing ourselves being contributed to a lot, but maybe we're not speaking up or sharing or giving our ideas, sharing our gifts, or we're not investing in it. Finding those moments in our lives as opportunities to see that, that that's going on inside of us. And so that's also going to be showing up in our financial life. And if we want to be in the flow, we can pick any area where we're maybe not totally in that flow balance of giving and allowing and giving, contributing and receiving and making that little shift. And when we live in a fractal universe, so then that'll, that'll start to show up and map on to the rest of our life, not just the area where we made we noticed it and had the discovery. Sounds incredible. So <laughs> you've obviously been in what appears, but I love like how creative you are and you've obviously been in a, in a sector which might not be particularly known <laughs> for that. Like people might who feel extremely creative might get into the art and design world or, you know, all sorts of things. Right. But instead, you're yeah. in there. So have you been, I'm interested to know who's been your influences and who's helped you because it mm-hmm. seems like you probably have to have been pulling in a lot of other stuff from outside that into the yeah yeah and do you are you wondering about creativity or just like where i get any insights and understandings or information any you know any which oh. is, is informing your kind of you know the way you've been able to make changes particularly in the financial system but also just you know in your life and changing your your mindset well one person i would love to give a shout out to on the creativity front and who actually painted this wall for me behind me is my cousin wendy And I think having an influence in my life from an early age of the artist creator archetype and someone who lives like beyond the bounds of normal societal norms um, really gave me the space to recognize um, was the beginning of me really letting myself be my true authentic self. And, and I think I've really discovered myself to be uh, really rather radical and progressive and want and pioneering a whole new way of looking at things like a, really bringing our, a high level of consciousness to how we're engaging with money and being unstoppable about it and even being unreasonable and in a positive way. I don't mean in like a, it may be confronting and sometimes, but I, I mean, I, I come from a place of love and joy, but I'm, I am kind of unstoppable about it. <laughs> and so I think having those, um, examples at an early age really kept the door open for me that that was always a choice. Um, and then I would say, as I mentioned earlier, uh, my experience in landmark personal development programs has transformed my life like nothing else. Uh, I'm in their year long leadership program and, you know, landmarks an organization where I've done 20 years of personal development and they were, I never really felt drawn to them. They weren't on my radar. It just wasn't something I was interested in. And this last year, I've jumped into all their communication courses and leadership programs. And what I really have got for myself is that we can create anything in communication. So communication is just like who I've discovered myself to be. Like I'm hosting a network of conversations. And through that information, resources, ideas, currencies, find money is all flowing. And I'm, I'm committed to being like an abundant collective field with anyone in my field that I'm creating abundance for their life. And what I've gotten from Landmark is actually how to do that. 
like how to keep all my communication channels flowing, how to contribute to people's lives, how to hold space for their transformation, um, how to get past my own limiting beliefs of who I am. So, you know, of course I've had lots of coaching and read and I'm in lots of groups and masterminds, but I would say single handedly, um, if anyone listening wants to talk to me further about this, this is one thing that I actually, I really will make the time to have a one-on-one conversation with anyone that sees a possibility for themselves inside of this, that, that training program, because it's, it's transformed my life more than anything. And it's something I am committed to share about because I would be stingy not to like something that changed my life so much. If I didn't share it, like I, I it's like an act of being of generosity and transparency to say, this single-handedly has like quantum leaped my life by the way the accountability and the support and the coaching sounds um, amazing yeah so, you, so you've just you're literally just a few months ago you're saying that you have made the shift from letting it go capital one being the money mm-hmm. coach there yes in a way you've taken a quantum leap now into yes into this new phase what gives you so because sometimes i feel like what can happen with with um with some people and we can all feel it it, it maybe you can have a dream and you get really excited about it and you go, i want to go do this mm-hmm. and then there can be that just something can stop you often you might have to get that real push you know to, to go there but sometimes i think people can find it a bit tricky to maybe follow the dreams a little bit more because yes. of limiting beliefs and you think, well, you know, and money ties into that big time because people think, well, what, what if I won't have enough? What if I don't, you know, it, obviously it ties into everything we're saying before to get you into that place. But it's interesting to know what you'd say to someone who might be listening to this thinking, you know, they've got this dream, they've got this intention of where they want to go. Yet they are, because the thing is, is like you say, we know the story, what happened behind. We can dream about the future, but we don't know what it looks like. So to take that leap, you have to have that leap of faith. And I've done it a few times in my life in recent years. And well, I'm just kind of going to go with this a bit and then you can have your reflection. I often think that no matter what, I can always go back to what I was doing. You know, I've, I've got that experience. So you can always shift back. And it's for me, it helps sometimes. And maybe that's even a limiting belief that I'm thinking, well, I can just, you know, I can go back to that, but at least I'm going to go after this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best shot. Yeah, sure. Yes. Well, that is great to know that. So then you can leap and know you can always go back to who you were before. That's always available though. I've actually found a hundred percent of the time, every leap I've made, there's no way I'd go back once I got to the other side. And I bet you've probably experienced that too, but it's super nice to have that safety net. Uh, but I would say kind of the theme we've been talking about is lighting up for me still of, of I believe that we are creators and declaring what to, like, so I'll just talk a little bit in energetic language, like, and bringing in some quantum perspectives, like there are many different tracks our life could take. And when we come into true empowerment and true financial empowerment, we know that we get to choose, like it's not happening to us. And it's actually happening through us and we get to participate. You know, there's that phase that like we, we first experience life where things are happening to us. And then we maybe get to the next level where we realize, well, even though this is hard and some of this is great, it's all happening for me. I know everything that's happening. However, I can see it is happening for me. And then the next stage of kind of spiritual and psychological development, according to like 
many different maps and stages of consciousness and development show that then we then have an experience that life's happening through us and that we are participating and it's emerging around us. So when we get to that stage of our psychological and spiritual development, um, we enter a level of choice that we can have whatever life we choose. But what kicks into play is we have to choose it. So if we don't, if we choose what we only what we think or imagine can be possible, then that's what we'll get. But if we choose something that's, a, that's our dream life, that's what we really want, and we go beyond our, any limiting beliefs we might have, then we'll go on the journey of facing and going through whatever is in the way between where we are now and us having that life. We'll call in the experiences and circumstances and life partners and, you know, that will have us up level and upgrade our beliefs and transmute anything that's in our space that wouldn't be of service for the life we're choosing to have. So that is how powerful we are. And that really is the invitation I have to everyone is to truly dream and choose the life you want to have and know that you can get on that line. And it is that you can quantum leap, but you will have to go through whatever's there for you to complete. Like there might be conversations in your life you need to complete because they're weighing you down or there might be forgiveness or there might be healing or there might be letting go or there might, there could be anything, you know, we don't know what will show up on your journey, but if we commit to a certain life, you can have it. If you just, if you show up for the journey. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? And yes. like say, when you, when we can wash away that the, the old beliefs and realize, come into our center, come into our power and be, you know what, we can create any life that we want. And when you really delve into it, like you're talking about the quantum level of stuff to realize that there's infinite possibilities yes. and there's an infinite version of realities as well. So yeah. there, there is already a version of me living this life already. If I can imagine it, yes. it is real. Yes, and, exactly. And it's like charting a course for it. And then, taking steps each day each moment towards that and the thing is i found as well is sometimes that initial vision is not actually how it's going to turn out i just had to get myself into that excitement state to get me to take action yes. towards that because often sometimes what i've realized in recent uh, years is sometimes the vision that i've had has got me excited but then i've held on to the vision too much and by mm. me holding on to it I have not actually taken the right steps towards it. And maybe my ego's come into it and I've started to blow it out of proportions and create expectations around it. And the expectations are the things that tend to just, yes. well, then you start to second guess and all sorts of stuff. And if it doesn't happen, because you might say, well, I thought this would have happened by now. So if I can just, just let that go and know that these things can happen, but they may be so much better than what I imagined. Yes. And something exactly. that just popped into my mind, I, I shared it a few days ago, I came across it, was, um, you might have heard about it, you, you can write a letter to yourself. There's this website that you can go on and you can write a letter to your future self and you can set a date. So you can choose five years, three years, a year, or any date. And I love the idea of just getting really clear. And yes. like you say, if you can get into that centered place and just imagine what comes through to you, and then picking that email up in five years' time and being like, wow, that. That, that old version. So I'll, I'll definitely share that with, um, with the show notes and stuff. But just, just things like that, that's when I feel like I'm tapping in to um, my higher self, to my future self. 
And that future self is the thing that's kind of like willing me on to take the necessary steps. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You said it so well. So exactly. And then something that I saw while you're sharing is also that this knowing that since these realities do already exist, there's nothing that we have to like create or force or make happen from scratch. Like it's about us aligning with it. So rather than it being so much that needs to happen in time or take place or effort, it's actually aligning ourselves, aligning our beliefs, aligning our energy, aligning our heart with that reality. And it's literally like merging onto that highway. It's like you were on this road, but you, you wanted to, to, you want to go to Oregon, actually. You, you get on the ramp that takes you over there and you merge and then you're on that line. But it takes aligning and knowledge and, and matching that vibration. And so that always helps me to remember that it's not something I need to create out of thin air. Like, oh my goodness, it doesn't exist. How? But it's, it's merging onto that highway. <laughs> what are your thoughts then around, because um, the idea of the, you know, the film that came out a few years ago is The Secret. And oh, then right. you've got you know, Esther Hicks and Abraham with their teachings of law of attraction. What, what are your thoughts on, on that? That's a good question. So yes, I've listened over the years to them, Abraham Hicks a lot. And of course I've seen the secret. I think with the secret, my personal opinion is there's a lot of truth in there. There's a lot that's true around us being the law of attraction and us being manifestors. Um, I don't remember all of it exactly, but, but, what I really feel my general sense was is that it, it was missing just one area and it's missing like the power. Perhaps it's just the power of our unconscious beliefs or it's the power of like being in alignment with ourselves. Like the secret just comes across a little bit to me, like it stays on the surface a bit and doesn't necessarily take into account like the level of inner work that might need to happen to, to get clear on some of those, like deeply rooted beliefs that will keep, you know, the, the, the secret, right. Is the kind of the funny little lighthearted example is like, just picture and think about a parking spot and you'll get a parking spot. Like just picture the parking spot. And it's like, you have to really believe it. So we can't force ourselves. Like if there's other thoughts that are conflicting, so we're saying the mantra, we're saying the affirmation, but we don't actually believe it. It's not going to, it doesn't work. It's not workable. Um, but I think so many of us um, have come around the spiral again of our consciousness that we've cleared out some of those deeper beliefs that if we tune in and believe in something, we are wholeheartedly believing. Um, but that just always stood out to me with the, the secret that like, just by having the belief, if it's not on a deep level, um, it's not like a holistic lifestyle approach. <laughs> it's, it's like you say, you know, you can say the, the same affirmation over and over but if you're subconscious and you're deep, it's not, it's not believing it and not you're just believing. saying it. And then yeah. also there becomes an element of people then unfortunately um, realize, realizing that, the, you know, the true information in there, they know, they think it doesn't work, but actually it does work. Yeah. It's just that, you know, and some people think, well, it didn't work for me or it did for a little bit. And then all right. of a sudden, you know, I faded back in, but it's like, that's why you're saying you've got to get into the deep rooted stuff. You've got to get to that place yeah. because otherwise you might see sort of a bump or something like a shift for a period yeah. of time, but it won't be long before you'll just go back into them old patterns. Yes, exactly. And that can just be an invitation to the next level of work, you know, or the next, I don't even like to call it work, the next level of what to tune into. 
And I think one of like the phrases I think I say a lot as, as the financier and, and tuning people into seeing their relationship to money and seeing the future is that you have to believe it to see it, to conceive it. Like you have to believe it first. And then when you believe it fully, you can then see it. Like you can see it in one sense. And once you can see it, then you conceive of it. And then that means you actually have it in your life and it exists. But if you can't, if you don't fully believe it, then you don't actually have a picture of it in a holistic way. Um, so yeah. yeah. That's really clear. Like you're saying about that, that feeling state, isn't it? It's not necessarily about the seeing what you visit. It's, it's how you feel inside. And that's that for me, that's where the magic is. Yes. I know when we can really, and you know, and that's, that's really where I stand and, and sharing with people around the new paradigm in, in what it is in a way that we can taste it and see it and feel it because we don't need to know about it in our minds to be there. And it's not necessarily like we need to be able to picture it, but if we can feel it and sense it and get a taste of it and a glimpse of it, I mean, that's almost like what art does, right? And creative projects and things that inspire us. It's like, takes us to a new feeling state. And that's where our emotions are so powerful because it is our emotions that create. They're, they're the juice and the fuel of creation. Uh, so having those be in alignment with the reality and experience we want to have, yeah, is the best. <laughs> and what do you, what helps you then to, to stay in that place of abundance when it can, you know, you live in New York city, which is a phenomenal city. Um, yes. Yet, you know, there's, there's still like, you know, there's still a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of negativity, which we can't, we can put ourselves in this better place we can, but you're going to feel it. Like, I, I feel like I'm feeling everything at the moment, you know, all the stuff that's yeah. going on and whether it's whatever the bushfires in Australia and there's other stuff around the world, we can't, um, well, I can't, I can't close off to it totally. So it's, but we need that space where we can bring ourselves back. So how do you, you know do that oh yeah well that's that's the like million dollar question these days i feel like it's such a good question because exactly i feel so attuned and aware with everything that's going on and it can um it can be overwhelming it can bog us down it can move me into clear action you know so i i really stand kind of the theme of what i've been sharing i guess is i stay committed to the future that i've declared i'm living in and I, from that place, I look at how I would respond. So rather than standing here in the now, you know, January of 2020 and how I look at this, I don't look from here. I stand at the vision I've created for the end of the year or the vision I've created for five years from now. And from there, from that person, from that person that I'll probably be writing a letter to that you suggested, from there, I kind of unfold how I would respond. So I'm committed to a future that is not going to be swayed by any of the circumstances I see going on now. And that's the, 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 the challenge is that when we, if we, we stay attuned and empathic, which I do and you do, and I think is, is the way to be being attuned and empathic and a feeling and being involved in what's happening now. But if we create our actions or act from there, we're, we're, we're kind of coming from that place of how it currently is. And if we tune into like Martin Luther King and Gandhi and all the revolutionary leaders who I believe had a huge ripple effect on us and who we are and our evolution of our consciousness, they stood in the place of what was possible. Their leadership came from there. So the actions 
because then your actions, you're literally, if you picture yourself on a timeline, you're literally doing the actions that are from the reality you want to create rather than showing up and doing actions from the one we're currently in. So that is the practice I enroll myself in daily. Um, and if I ever get in conversations where I feel, feel pulled out and really kind of stuck in the mire and the, of what's going on now, I, I process that for that. I give myself some time to do that. And then I shake it off. I like go on a run. I meditate. I regroup. I, you know, I eat really healthy and clean. And I just, in a, you know, a reasonable amount of time, I bring my energy back into the field that I'm cultivating with so many of us. Uh, and of course, in addition to that, energy practices are so powerful right now, you know, just tuning in and grounding our energy fields, really being conscious of what we bring into our energy fields, knowing that every action we take is infused with a level of consciousness. It's an act of creation. So that always reminds me to act from the future that I'm creating so that it's infused with that energy rather than the energy of the past. Um, and I just do what I can. Um, and that's another, the one other thing about that I'd say is like, I do stay in action. I notice if people that I see that aren't in action around the things that are discouraging them, it just sort of builds up because they feel helpless and disempowered. And, they, and it can be so tough these days to know how to contribute. But I stay in action so that I'm at least playing an active role and I'm honoring, you know, whether it's moving my money, whether it's, you know, sending money to the rainforest, whether it's showing up and engaging with someone on the streets, whatever it is, like I, you know, I share investments with people that help indigenous land projects. Like I'm in a lot of action in this solution and that helps a ton. Like our energy will get really stagnant if we're not putting energy into solutions. Like if we're not sure what to do and all that, and we get out of action, that can really take us out and create a lot more discouraging feelings. Yeah, that, so, really, that really resonates with the idea of just keep on moving. If you, you know, holding the vision and trusting the process of things, but also, yeah, keep, keep moving the stuff. Cause like you say, if, if you just get stuck in something for a bit much, then yeah, keep, yeah, it's so true. Just, just keep on moving. I love that. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned about some of the tech things that you'll do. Um, you know, if, if you want to shake some stuff, you go for a run, you're meditating stuff. And I'm aware that you, um, I've been following some of your travels over the past few years. You go on some lovely retreats down to South America and stuff. Now that seems like a perfect way to, um, shake off a bit of the New York city life for a bit, get in the jungle. Yeah. Yes, definitely. You know, communing with nature is more than ever is so huge for me. And I think all of us that, especially if we're living in a city, but, you know, nature is natural and it's, it's sharing information with us constantly. And when we are communing and engaging and connected, it's rebalancing us, it's restoring us, it's nourishing us, it's reminding us of who we are. And so, yes, I take several months a year where I'm just engaging daily from like I've been in Costa Rica and just deep in jungles or places where I'm still fully engaged in my life, but I have that as the context that I'm living in. Um, and I think it's a total pathway to abundance too. You know, one of my main mottos is that connection is the doorway to abundance. And I'm saying connection with ourselves, connection with each other and connection with nature. And, you know, if we're missing that connection to being in nature, um, it's easy to really forget how life works and how the universe works. 
Um, because when we're in nature, it communicates us with us in a way, you know, beyond language, it's, it's communing with us and we're remembering. And so that's an invitation I have for everyone is when we think about the new economy and when we think about our way of being with money, like let nature inform you, like the natural system, nature is a living, dynamic, regenerative system that is like exquisite and dynamically operating. And that's the vision I have for our future economy that operates, it mirrors nature. It's that's, that's how it's who we are. Uh, so as much as we can be embodied and communing and coming from there, we're, we're realigning ourselves back to who we are. I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more then about um, the new sacred economy and just, uh, just expand on that. Like just when you say that about being in line with nature, it's like for instance, I'm, um, I've done courses in permaculture and I'm really interested in that where it's not, when you look at the way we do agriculture and monoculture and, you know, how destructive it is for the lands and stuff and how much work has to go in. So it's moving from that mindset of feeling, actually, if we can just set things up and go in harmony with stuff, yeah. it works perfectly for us already. And, and when you said about, um, you know, being in line with nature, I watched something last night and it talks about, um, for instance, how people are doing a lot of ceremonies at the moment, maybe psilocybin mushrooms, MDMA, you know, kind of things to get to the root cause of some of the um, deep traumatic um, events that have happened in their life. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how, say, medicine, which are the prescribed drugs, which has been almost conceived from the mind, almost a very limited, negative, not don't say too negative, but a very limited way of, of seeing it. And, and there'll be an element of it thinking, well, as a, as a route to make money in some ways, but then also realizing how people have these transformational experiences by using the land, by what's been grown on here for since time began. Yeah. So it's interesting how you talk about that with the actual economy being more in alignment with that. Yes, yes, yes. So gosh, there's so many ways we can look at it. Maybe as a high level description, really, um, it's like tuning into what is a regenerative system. Um, like currently we're in a, an extractive system, like where there's extracting from the earth, natural resources, like businesses are rooted in extraction, like there's impact it's having, there might be a, a more of a taking energy, um, but we've moved into a lot of sustainability. You know, there's a lot that's sustainable, meaning you know, what we put out, like we're washing even, like we're not leaving an impact, we're sustaining the way things are. And regenerative is beyond sustainability. Regenerative means that like by something existing, it's like a contribution, like everyone is being regenerated by being a part of the experience, including the planet. Um, like a regenerative product, for example, someone I know, a friend and colleague of mine, she's created a regenerative mouthwash. And it means like the mouthwash, like not only does it, it, you know, you receive a benefit in your mouth and by using the product, but anywhere you spit out the mouthwash, like it actually nurtures the soil and the ground and makes things greener and prettier. So there's like, not only is there no harm, not only is it not, it's not just net neutral, it actually is regenerative to everything it interacts with. So I'm standing in that every interaction I have or I participate in collaboration or relationship or sacred transaction, it is regenerative to me, to the other and the outcome. And so with that as like a foundation, it transforms every kind of form of exchange into considering it something sacred. 
So that brings in elements of indigenous roots and, and really keying into the way of relationship that indigenous people have. Like they start everything with relationship. Like before they have any business relationship or collaborative partnership, they meet and spend time with each other. So I'm not suggesting that every interaction will need will have that level, but that it's it starts with an authentic trust-based relationship. Um, so our, our current system is you may have heard this word, you know, it's based in trustlessness. Like the the whole way the money system is set up is based on. There's, there's an energy of not trusting each other, that we have these notes and agreements and things in place. Whereas a sacred economy would be rooted in trust because it would be rooted in abundance and everyone would have what they would need, that each choice we were making was an act of creation. Whereas a lot of what's being created now is, is more destruction. Like it has harmful outputs. You know, we look at our economy now to be just real, right? There's slavery, there's sex slavery, there's corruption, there's extraction, there's unfair there's like wages people are like you know slave labor there's that's the so much of what our economy is based in, in debt the debt of our of the united you know our trillions of dollars of debt the interest rates interest being the highest for people that need money the most interest rates being the lowest for people that have access to resources just the wealth disparity is outrageous um, the fact that people that need to access things have the lowest credit scores and you have a low credit score, then you can't get thing, things you need. People that have access to what they need have the highest credit score. So everything is currently in favor of disparity. It's not workable. Like it's not just um, and it's not sustainable. And so again, bringing, you know, a non-judging lens from a meta view, it's just not working. Like it's not really working for anyone. <laughs> So back to this regenerative way, you know, I've laid down some of those frameworks. If we think of it like an eco, like if you think of it like a permaculture, like the soil is the most important part. Like what is the soil we're standing in of relationship and trust? What are those qualities that are there? And then on top of that, there's exchange, but it's done sacredly. Um, and that we can have a whole conversation around, but there's conversation going on around the whole planet. I'm in conversations with people on a, on a global level that, see what are the regenerative models? What are the regenerative investors? Um, one piece that I will maybe mention, because I can mention it briefly now, is I believe there are people on the planet that are coming to recognize themselves as a wealth steward. And that they have, let's say they have billions of dollars, that they actually will identify a really special, unique role they have that is channeling those resources towards something that's creating the new paradigm whether it's renewable energy, whether it's indigenous land projects, whether it's a whole way of sustainable living, whether it's energy or compost toilets or whatever it is, but that there are large amounts of uh, resources that can be channeled towards the things that will allow the, our planet to be one that can exist for, I mean, right now, we have the next probably five to seven years to determine if our, to make choices for if our planet will be one that will be sustainable and available to like say our the generation of our children to live on. Like we're in that turning point moment. Um, so this, this is kind of that decision time and we have everything we need to do it. We have everything's available. It's just coming down to each of us recognizing our role um, and what that looks like. And perhaps the last thing I'll say about that is this quote, um, a Buckminster Fuller quote who 
I'm sure you might know him. He's one of my favorite, you know, in, in the spirit realms mentors, but he has some amazing quotes that are around that we, we need to let go of the specious notion that everyone needs to earn a living. And he goes on to say that we've created all these jobs. We have inspectors and inspectors of inspectors and all these things because of this outrageous belief that everyone needs to justify their existence by having a job. And we need to let go of that because it's actually been proven and shown that like one in some number, I think it's like one in a hundred thousand people or something can create a technological, technological innovation that could fund a whole region. And then therefore artists can be artists and architects can be architects and teachers can be teachers and gardeners can be gardeners. We don't need to be putting our time and energy towards these things to prove anything because the resources can come from certain sources and not everyone needs to generate money. So that's, that's a huge part of my vision of the new sacred economy is that the innovations and the resources and the wealth comes in from people that that that's their divine calling and every, and then, and everyone is contributing in their own magnificent aligned ways, but we're not all running around trying to create the same wheel in these silos. That's just been creating so much dysfunction. Wow. I'm truly inspired by all them things that you've just said, because I have some ideas about some stuff, but you've just gone completely next level and, and all the stuff and just make, said it so succinctly and the vision that you've got is incredible. Do you think then that the idea of universal basic income fits into this model as part of the transition? It might. I, I see it as a possibility. You know, uh, I see some pros and cons about the, that particular model. Um, but I think something like that, some sort of model that is truly regenerative could be definitely part of the bridge that's stabilizing and that plays a role in the transition. Um, in my book, I'm, I'm sharing some key models that I'm exploring and have been co-designing with some people, um, some that really support activists, healers, um, kind of artists, spiritual guides, people that are really on the front lines and that happen to be un under refinanced and under-resourced. So there are quite a few regenerative models I, that I think are coming to the surface that will be creating the bridge. And, and really, it's time for, we're all getting on the bridge. It's like, Let's commit to walking across the bridge to the new paradigm. And, and as we walk, the path shows itself. As we take a step, the model emerges. As we take a step, we meet that perfect person. It, but it doesn't happen in stagnancy. It happens while we're walking. Yeah. Be brave. Take those next steps. Um, yeah. Something else just popped into my head then that I wanted to um, touch on. Maybe I'm not meant to, maybe it's not meant to come up. It's all right. It's been, you know what? It's, it's an absolute pleasure. I feel like I could just talk for, for hours about this. And I'm really, really excited to, to see the book. And I love the idea of me um, setting my intention to, to, to find out when it's out and to, to pre-order it. Because as you say, um, I want to I wanna be on that path as well, you know? And I know that I connected with you a few years ago on Facebook through, uh, you know, a, a friend. And then I was on your, you've got a Facebook page, haven't you, where people can connect yes. and, and share all these amazing ideas. And, and it's kind of like, it's a bit, of, it's a support group because some people may not feel like they have that from their friends and family. Right. And often it can feel like the internet is the source for us to sort of level up and to feel that support and, and, and that feeling. So, and when you can connect with people like that and you can see people who are, who are living it and yeah. live an example of it to say, you know what, you can do it as well. And because it's not like now we're living in a space where 
people might look at you and go, oh, you know, it's okay for you. But actually, you're saying it's okay because you're acting it from source and every single one of us is from that place as well. So... Yes, 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 exactly. And I'm, I'm so glad you're, that you mentioned the group because that's a, that is really its intention um, is to be a place where people can share and be inspired by each other. And I'm really uh, co-cultivating like a current, like that that is a vibrational space too that someone could tap into. By just going into that once during the day and sharing or reading something, we're reminded back to what we're doing. Like it can be a support, like you said, but like a real support group, like on a dimensional level that it like will reset someone that then they go back into their day or they go into a meeting and they remind themselves where they want to be coming from. Um, so yes, the, the sharing in there has been so powerful and I, I'm so inspired by everyone's bravery and boldness and courage to come out and share. And as I've been calling it, there's some elements of just coming out of the closet and saying who we are and saying what we're working on and bringing life, life and energy to money. Like it doesn't need to be in the closet and have cobwebs and be in the dark and have shame or blame or guilt or regret. Like we can come out and put everything on the table and let light and air shine on it and like move forward together. And that's a key part of this time too, is that, you know, this is about collective abundance. Like we're not all abundant unless we're all abundant. And so it's a journey together and we all have pieces of the puzzle for each other. So through sharing, through communicating, through being in communities, that's when all that gets to come through to us. And it's, it's ready. It's like our planet is pregnant. Like it's, it's ready to give us everything we want and all we need to do is show up. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I'm showing up. I'm, yes, I'm you here. are. I'm putting my hand up for it. Um, <laughs> no, and I, and I think because you're so given and you're so sharing about it, it's that feeling of moving from that mindset, that old mindset of competition to collaboration. And yeah. for us, the idea of holding hands together and coming together. Have you heard of the, um, the Ubuntu model by, is it yes. Michael Tellinger? Yes, and, yes. And, and how we can, you know, through his model is by us putting three hours a week into community projects through that time that can just be like exponential in terms of because look where we spend our time at the moment and it isn't it isn't regenerative is it it just kind of just goes down the drain our energy a lot of the time but if we're doing that with a vision for Mm. it could even be well it can be anything but i'd really like that model i've followed him for a few years and I know he's attempted to um, be like get himself like become like a mer or something of a town in South Africa, but it's not quite manifested yet. And maybe the timing hasn't been quite right. But that model seems to me seems to tie in with some of the things you're talking about. Absolutely, it is. I have his book on my shelf with my, in a short list of five books that I'm tuning into, and. I've had his book for years and I mean, just Ubuntu itself means, you know, what's good for one is good for the whole. It's good for the whole is good for one. So just even tuning into Ubuntu as like that, that that's the era we're in. Like if, if we're, if we're doing anything that's not good for the whole, it isn't good for us. And if we do something that's not good for us, it's not good for the whole. And that alone can align us to like that collaborative spirit you're talking about, to that sharing, to knowing our healing path isn't just for us. Like it impacts everyone. It impacts everyone. Every piece of transformation you do impacts everyone on the planet. It impacts your family system the most. And then it goes out layers and ripples, but like nothing that happens on the planet doesn't affect everyone. And that's something I really get when I tune into those, those principles of, of really knowing how connected we are to the whole. And then 
will feel the access and the power of being one and being united. And that's going to be a ride of our lifetime. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's possible. It's not like it's centuries away. Yeah. Because we're living, as you say, we're living this time now where we have to make some pretty big changes soon. So we can't just sit back and go, oh, it's okay. Our kids' generation will do it. We have to do this shift. Yes. We have to be part of it. And it's also, I say this all the time, that it's literally the most exciting time to be alive. Yes. In, in, you know, in thousands of years, to be here now during this shift. And, you know, it, it might feel like it could go one way or the other, and it may still, but, you know, the best we can do is just continue to show up, do our best, tap into all the ideas that you're yeah. talking about. And the many other thousands of people who are being this service to others mentality, because I think that's what it ties into as well, yeah. is service to others and yeah. shifting that, that mindset. And it's, you know, we're here for the ride. It's, it's going to be exciting. Well, it is exciting. It is exciting. And yes, to being of service. And yes, we get to choose. It is our choice what reality experience we're going to have. So that is the power of choice. That is the reason for digging into our own financial empowerment. It will leave you in total freedom and liberation of choice. And we won't be at the mercy of what's going on on the planet. We'll be in actually choice of the world that we're creating together. Amazing. Because I think what we need at times is a reminder as well. Yes. to remember this stuff because yes. we already we all know it already but exactly. we can we can get lost a little bit sometimes and maybe it can feel like it can feel like there's a bit of a cloud over us yes. so it, this is helping me just to sort of like blow that cloud away and to to see the light yes good i'm so glad and exactly we just get to keep reminding ourselves and keep discovering deeper layers and we constantly coming back to center it's just a a walking meditation that's full of life and learning. Yes. So welcome back home. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be back. It's nice to open that door again. Um, so I like to ask all my guests this question just to wrap it up. So basically, um, so this podcast is yours, sharing about what good people are doing. And obviously you're doing a lot of good with, uh, you know, shifting people to create this new economy, but also to empower themselves. What advice would you give someone, even though you've given tons of advice already, but I'll just mention it. What advice would you give to someone who's looking to go out and do their own bit of good in the world? Mm. Vision it. Get get really clear on what that looks like. Like start the journey and being really clear on what bit of good you want to do. Know that you can design it down to the period, like you're authoring your life down to the exclamation mark. Um, and once you're clear, commit to it, free of it to free of attachment. So free once you've gotten crystal clear, commit to it, but let go of the forms. That's the ongoing practice. And then enjoy the ride and live from a place of knowing that it's all going to happen. Perfect. Beautifully said. <laughs> so, um, Mira, thank you very much for today. How's the best way for people to connect with you? I know you mentioned your website, which I'll link to, but there's other channels as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, which is Mira Megs. So at Mira Megs, M-I-R-A-M-E-G-S. Please follow me there, actually. I'm sharing lots of different nuggets every couple days around some of the financial wisdom we've shared today. And um, subscribing to the movement on my website would be the number one spot. Uh, I send out twice a month empowerment messages. Um, they're short and powerful and give you a framework to consider for the week. That's a new way, a new mindset, a new 5D framework of looking at things. 
Um, so that would be the best way that I could support you and like stay in communication. And then as you already said, Rob, tuning into quantum money and making that choice would be the next. And then there's my online group, which I imagine you're welcome to share the uh, link for the group. Uh, it's called Money Mastery, Connecting to Universal Wisdom. And so jumping in the conversation there would be, I think, the best also platform for some, if you're ready to just start sharing and being in the conversation. You're, you're invited to all those ways. <laughs> Perfect. I'll be sure to share them. And people can also, if they want to do sessions with you as well, you have, you offer yeah. that facility? Yes, I do. And actually right now I'm offering laser coaching sessions. Um, so for $333, you can jump into a 90 minute session, ready to go, ready to transform. And I guarantee you will walk out from the session with a shift and an up leveling in the way you're viewing money and you'll have practical and actual steps that you're taking. And then we'll also have a 15 minute follow-up after that two weeks later to see how you've integrated everything. So yeah, that'd be my number one offering. I do also offer um, ongoing money coaching, which is transformational. But right now the laser coaching, given the power of now and the power of just choosing the life you want now, that's the space I'm the most excited to be offering. That sounds great. I feel like I've had my own laser coaching session yeah. for the past 90 minutes with you talking today. Um, well, Mira, thank you so much. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm excited to share this one out with the world and to see how this kind of, yeah, in itself, our conversation feeds into what you're saying. The more this, this getting out there, it's just creating, creating that space for people to giving them the choice and the opportunity to know that there's a different way. There's a more abundant way to live. So thank you so much. Yes. You're so welcome, Rob. Thank you for having me. It was a total delight. There we go, guys. There's another episode wrapped up. Um, if you enjoyed um, this episode, then please uh, share this with a friend. And all the stuff that we talked about is on the show notes on the website. And just to say what I said at the beginning, if you want to become a member on my Patreon page, I'd really appreciate it. It helps me to continue to put these episodes out and potentially putting even more out. So anyway, guys, until next time, have a good one. Mm-hmm.